Tracking down Brian Haney. Join us, look ahead to the Kansas Jayhawks as they get a big contest against West Virginia. Uh, we open with, and we'll discuss throughout here, because I do think this is something folks might want to chime in on, uh, this this chanting at KU or at uh, K-State Athletics and the potential to perhaps lose Wabash Cannonball because of it. Uh, got Mizzou coming in. We look at that game, and we'll talk to Tim Fitzgerald tomorrow about the game on the field. On the field, just, you know, snap reaction, Tommy. Eight and a half, I've seen the line. I think I got it at seven and a half, and I already took it because I do like Kansas State in that game. What's your what's your instant reaction on Kansas State from a betting perspective this week? Yeah, after seeing the way that they performed against South Dakota, um, I, I think they're going to cover that. Um, I would take that for sure. I mean, I, I think that you're looking at a 10-point or more victory from Kansas State, maybe a two-touchdown victory. Um, I, I think it'll be a competitive game. Missouri's not yeah, – uh, they're not um, they're not amazing in the SEC by any means, but I, they'll be, I mean, significantly more competitive than South Dakota. But I, I do like Kansas State to cover that spread. Yeah, Missouri actually was, I think, better in their game against Louisiana Tech, I think, who's definitely a, a program with some tradition. Uh, but they were they were better in that game than I think – people thought they would be so you know I kind of I, I kind of think Missouri's got a chance to be a little better they really need to be and all rivalries aside for everybody I do I do hope Missouri does well you know I kind of hope any of the transplants quite frankly do well in the SEC like I've said this before about Texas and Oklahoma and I do feel about Missouri the same way like, I, I want them to, to win. I feel that way about Texas A&M. I grew up, I didn't like Texas A&M at all, but I root for them all the time now in the SEC because it does feel like, you know, it's like our part of the country invading that league a little bit. Even though they're members now, it, it feels sort of like an invasion to me anyway, and I may be the only person that feels this way. I know Kansas fans certainly aren't rooting for Missouri, but I do hope that they have success in that league, and I'll... You know, the sting for me with Texas and Oklahoma and leaving the Big 12, that's all worn off. Like, I don't even care about that anymore now that we're looking like we're going to get a playoff and and the safety of the Big 12 is secured. I, I'm going to be rooting for Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC, too. I, I think Texas is going to get rolled by Alabama this weekend, but I would love for Texas to win that game. Like, I, that's yeah. <laughs> we're talking about betting. I've already <laughs> taken it. What is it? Alabama minus 20. I think Alabama is yeah. going to crush them. Uh, on the road, in Austin, all of those things, uh, you know, there's plenty of reasons for Saban against his, you know, one of his old assistants to just roll in there and really look to flex a little bit. And I just don't know that Texas is quite ready to hang in a game like that. Yeah, th there's no reason to think that Alabama won't roll against Texas. I mean, Texas is 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 not back. They're just not. I mean, they might be eventually. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're not, they're not back right now. And really going back quickly to the K state, Missouri game at the, what's going to be intriguing to me is that Missouri last season, their defense was not good at all. And so if they can improve on that defense, they'll be more competitive, but yeah. it's going to come down to the, what used to be a weak defense for Missouri against an offense for Kansas state that we really would like to see start to roll a little bit more with Adrian Martinez. All right, we welcome in now the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney, who might be rooting for both to lose or some sort of tie between Kansas State and Missouri, I would suspect. Brian, good morning. Welcome in. Sports Daily, glad to have you again this week. Hey, fellas. Great to be on with you. Yeah, hard to know who to cheer for that for that particular matchup. Probably cheer for 
K-State just because they stayed in the league and Mizzou didn't. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's a tough one. You got the two rivals going toe-to-toe. All right, so Kansas, as we look back to week one briefly, because I think looking ahead to week two is more fun, hard to imagine a better performance if you had to draw it up than we saw out of Kansas in week one. Biggest crowd for an opener we've seen in a long time. They absolutely delivered. Not a good opponent. That's fine because they get a good opponent and a good test right out of the gates here. But look back briefly, and and I, I assume everybody there involved is very pleased with what happened against Tennessee Tech. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, it, it was offensively, defensively, and, and even on special teams where they had a blunder or two, there was still a blocked field goal return for a touchdown and, and some other aspects of special teams really like. All three phases, you walk away pleased. And, and I think before we talk about highlights and, and individuals that, that stood out, including the reigning Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, for me, having called now seven season openers uh, with three different head coaches, uh, and this is not meant to, to speak disparagingly at all about previous staffs, because what I'm about to say happens around the country. It's not unique to Kansas. But there have been a lot of years where in a week one football game, you know, you got 10 penalties or you're you're burning a timeout because you didn't have enough guys on the field or whatever. And, and the lack of, of just having it together by week one, because there's a lot of rust and a lot that's still coming together, that, that happens to a lot of folks. And it happened to us in Kansas a lot with, timeouts we had to burn because stuff wasn't right where it needed to be or, or just self, uh, you know, shooting yourselves in the foot type stuff. You know what I'm saying? That didn't happen. There was one penalty uh, that was not on the offense or the defense prior to the reserves coming in late in the third quarter. And then whatever penalties we saw in the final box score came when the second and third stringers were in there. And that's not to say they're going to be perfect like that every week, but to me, in week one, to have it look that crisp and and to, you know, use timeouts when you needed to use them and, and, and not because stuff was a little out of sorts, that shows me just how well organized and meticulously put together Lance Leipold's program is right now. And that's usually something you look for in a week one setting. And it doesn't sound sexy. You know, you want to see big stats and big wins and all that. But I'm looking to see – you know, how are we lining up and, and how's it all fitting together? And I'm telling you guys, it was as well-oiled as we'd seen since the Mangino days. And we all know how good that looked. Now, from the stuff you do want to hear talked about, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, Lonnie Phelps, three sacks. He's, he's your Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. He not only will, will sack you, but he'll eat your lunch, stand over you, and make you wish you never signed up for football. He, he's got that post-sack swagger and and energy personality-wise that reminds me of, of Gilbert Brown, who got his nickname the Grave Digger with the Green Bay Packers, former Jayhawk. He's in the Ring of Honor. Remember, he'd sack you, and then he'd dig a grave to bury your corpse in <laughs> with, with his post-sack celebration. Neil Smith, Chiefs fans recall, he sacks you, he swings for the fences with the home run sack celebration. It's not quite to that degree, but the, the passion this kid plays with and the fire and the emotion, like, I'll get behind that. I'll stand up, sign up for that every single week because that's must-see TV. And uh, I loved it, you know. And, and, and we told you last week on the reports that this kid was just built differently. Like, physically, he's a beast. I mean, the, the biceps, the, 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 the spark score testing, I mean, everything on this kid is elite level. But 
now you got to see him play with that energy and passion and swagger that's just fun to watch. And so that's the type of athlete we didn't have here a year ago. And there's several of those at, at different spots. It looks different than Lonnie. He's definitely a, a standalone guy uh, when you put it all together. But my point is, if you go to different position groups, there's additions akin to him that look different, do it a little bit different, and clearly make Kansas a much better team in 2022. And so to get to see all those added up and, and what it looks like together was exciting. Yes, it gets a whole lot tougher from here. Now you take on a program that's 15th in all-time wins amongst FBS schools and a program that had number 17 pit on the ropes uh, you know, prior to a late pick six. And so we know what we're up against. We love RJD. Jalen Daniels, they've got JT Daniels, who's been at USC in Georgia, big-time five-star recruit formerly at the position. They've got a lot to throw at you. But, but our Jayhawks will head up there with some confidence and momentum and, and feel like they've got a great opportunity to prove something, and we can't wait for that on Saturday night. Hey, Brian, I was really interested in the way that Lance Leipold uh, distributed the ball out with the running backs in week one against Tennessee Tech. Obviously, Devin Neal you know, had four carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns, averaged 27 yards a carry, but he wasn't the only one. Savion Morrison had a great game. Daniel Hyshaw got some touches. Kai Thomas. There was really, it almost kind of looked like the offense, they, they were trying to figure out who, really what these guys could do as a whole as a running back room. How do you see the touches be distributed out as we get into Big 12 play? Your first bold prediction of the year. It's going to be hard for Devin Neal to maintain that yards per carry average. Yeah. Uh, but I also mm-hmm. hope that, that his carries per game triple because it's not going to be a situation where he only gets four carries going forward. It's not ever going to be a situation where he's a bell cow either because unless injuries hit this team in a major way, they still want to spread it around. But that was an extreme low end on the carry total, an extreme high end on the yards per rush, offset obviously by the 80-yard the touchdown run that he had that skewed that but the point is you know they were up so big they really wanted to spread it around even more and and Kai Thomas ironically to get set to play a a team that he torched in the bowl game a year ago West Virginia when he was playing with Minnesota he was the one guy that didn't really get it going and and they went back to him late in the fourth when all the other reserves were in there just to have him you know finish on a high note and and he is I think close to as talented as Devin Neal, they were both at one time the Kansas State Player of the Year in, in, in different years. Ty Thomas at Topeka High School, Devin Neal at Lawrence High School. I, I think that you're going to see him play a prominent role. He just didn't have a great opening night. Um, and, and so the fact that he was in there you know, with, with the twos late showed you, hey, we want to like, have something good happen for him. Sevian Morrison had a touchdown run. He also put it on the carpet. You, know, you can't do that, especially when you've got – Four other guys in the running back room, including Tory Lachlan and Daniel Highshot, that, that all you know are worthy of carries. And so, uh, it will not be going forward, Tommy, a situation where you have quite that much balance because they will lean on the hot hand more and and go for continuity a little bit more. But there's something to be said for keeping the legs fresh and keeping the dynamic options coming. And as I told you last week, they all do something a little bit different. And I think Andy Kotelnicki, as the offensive coordinator, kind of that mad scientist in the lab right now, he's, he's coming up with, you know, with all kinds of cool schemes and ways to, to mix and match all these different parts and, and take what they 
bring to the table that's unique about them and utilize it in a way that makes us even tougher to defend. I mean, we, we saw some triangle and diamond formations the other night where you had three backs on the field around the quarterback, Daniels, who could also keep the ball if he wanted to and run with it. And if you're the defense, you're thinking, what in the heck is this? Where is the ball going? Is it this guy, A, B, C, or, or is it D, the quarterback that's going to keep it? Um, and used misdirection, used a lot of things to keep the defense guessing. And I thought that was really exciting to see as well. So uh, to your point, you know, it won't look like it did going forward quite to that degree, but there'll still be a lot of mixing and matching. Um, but I, I think eventually we'll start to see the cream rise to the top. And you'll have two guys doing the heaviest of lifting, but you'll mix in the other guys, you know, in, in, in key windows where they really want to shake it up. Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, joining us as we get ready for a big-time early season litmus test for Kansas, who looked as impressive as they could in the opener. We always know Morgantown is a tough place to go. I think most of us were um, impressed with West Virginia's performance against Pittsburgh. When I look at this defense, Brian, which was clearly a problem last year, but five sacks in the opener, I don't care who you're playing, that's a good number. Is this defense, do you feel like at its best, an opportunistic style defense? Sacks, turnovers, those kinds of things that bend but don't break? Or can it be even more than that? What would your early evaluations tell you about the potential of this defense? I would say it's just too soon to know for sure. Um, you know, it, it, we, we got to see, as you said, the litmus test, the Big 12 conference caliber opponents. And Houston the following week will be that because they're going to be in the Big 12 next year and they're obviously a top 25 team now. But these next two weeks, we'll find out just, just what this defense is. But clearly, uh, we, we've got better athletes than we had a year ago and we've got more of them than we had a year ago. And that, to me, is, is the key piece you know, when you can bring a guy like Eric Gilliard over from UCF, uh, who, who won a bowl game last year over Florida and his outstanding program down in Orlando, also coming to the Big 12, by the way. When, when you can bring him in, and, and he's not starting yet, uh, because, you know, you, you've got Taiwan Berryhill, who's gotten better, and Craig Young, who's coming in from Ohio State. It, it just shows you how much deeper we are. And there's other guys that are immediate starts like Young and, and you know, the aforementioned sack master that we talked about, Lonnie Phelps. And there's a couple of the secondary that, that are playing starter-type snaps. But what we're finding is that, that these guys are pushing each other on a daily basis. And, and as Coach likes to say, competition is the best coach. And, and they're all pushing each other. What it adds up to in terms of opportunistic defense or lockdown defense or steel curtain defense – I don't know, because Tennessee Tech was not as good as some of the lower-level teams that we've opened with in previous seasons where we played out, you know, a true FCS contender. Uh, this was not as good of a team. And that's not to take anything away from what Kansas did, because I think Kansas being that much better is a bigger story than, you know, your FCS opponent being a little bit less. Uh, but to me, I, I don't have a great answer for you yet until we truly see what it looks like when they have to go up against – size and speed on the edge how do our secondary players deal with that how does Lonnie Phelps look in trying to get around a big 12 left tackle as opposed to an Ohio Valley Conference left tackle what I do know is you know we have better athletes and more of them and so we should be able to handle the attrition of the college football season and we should be able to keep guys fresher 
deeper into games. And that was a great takeaway to watch the way they shuffled bodies on the defensive line and how many guys they could bring at you coming in in waves there that, that I think is going to keep us more potent defensively with the pass rush deeper into games because we're a lot more deep at that particular spot. So that those are observations. But, you know, if I sat here and tried to tell you that it's going to add up to X, Y, or Z when we're about to see the caliber of competition change dramatically, it might be a little premature and, and, and maybe a little bit misguided. But we're definitely excited to see. And I know there's a lot of belief in, in that locker room that it will translate as the major conference opponents start up now. But, uh, I mean, West Virginia has some different kind of dudes. Like I said, their quarterback was a five-star coming out of high school. So is this a different kind of game we're about to walk into? Speaking of that game, Brian, 5 o'clock kickoff in Morgantown. I think that there's a couple of different thoughts that you can have against West Virginia after watching their their opening week game against Pitt, you know, the high-emotion backyard brawl. I think on the one hand, there are some opportunities there. We saw some mental mistakes from Neil Brown's crew in that opening week one game that uh, that ultimately cost them the game against Pitt. But then on the other hand, you can also look at, hey, they're probably pretty angry and they want to they want to get right after that week one loss uh, against Pitt where they felt like they they had that game won. When it comes to the the competition with West Virginia, what do you what do you expect and what does Kansas have to do to keep the game close, to be competitive, uh, and to try to compete for a victory? Well, great question. And, and to your point about will they be more dialed in, absolutely. You know, David Lawrence, who's done this now for 40 years, my, my color analyst, broadcast partner, he was telling me on Thursday night, he's like, cheer for West Virginia. And I'm like, I don't want them to have too much swagger if they – they knock off, you know, Pitt at Pitt. He's like, no, no. He's like, they still have to play Virginia Tech in a couple of weeks after us. We're sandwiched, you know, right in the middle. And and if they win this game, they'll be high and mighty. And we might have a little bit of a look-ahead factor. And I know that sounds cliche. And, and we talk about these things as broadcasters. And you never truly know how dialed in a club is. But I think in this case, he was absolutely right. Because when you lose in that fashion, and you still have a really tough non-con game coming up later in the month, um, they're going to be so dialed in and chomping at the bit. We are going to get their best shot. And they're going to hear all week from Neil Brown, who's been saying it uh, starting on, on Saturday, that Kansas is one of the most improved clubs in the country, and he's going to have their attention. Okay, that, that's the point. But in terms of what they bring, you know, I'm excited to see several things. Obviously, we talk about JT Daniels, but uh, I, I'm excited to see C.J. Donaldson. This is a kid they list as a tight end. He's out of Miami, Florida. He's a freshman, 6'2", 240. And their tight end led them in rushing with, uh, I don't know if you saw his stats, seven carries, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, yes, he, he will line up and catch passes out of the backfield too, but this is a Swiss Army knife of an athlete that, that can do a lot of things. And I think it caught some folks off guard how they wound up using him, but uh, he comes in as a, as a freshman recruit, but then they added a lot of transfer pieces on their defense. Very similar to us. I mean, they've got five really impactful new faces on that side of the ball that make them a very different club than what we saw in week 12 a year ago. And so even though you, know, you could say that we only played two teams in our last three games, going back to the end of last season, putting Tennessee Tech in there, and now a rematch with West Virginia, this is a very different West Virginia team, just as it is a very different Kansas team. And so there's not a whole lot you can garner 
the fact that we played them at the end of last season and the start of this year. I think they're, I think they're personnel-wise uh, a lot more impressive. And this was a club that went to a bowl game a year ago, taking on Minnesota. They've gone to bowl games in two of Neil Brown's three seasons. This is his fourth year, and it may not seem like he's doing huge things there, former Troy head coach, and he was an actual Big 12 offensive coordinator at Texas Tech before that. But, you know, steadily, he's gotten them into that 6-7 win category twice in his first three seasons. And really, guys, this is the model for what we want to be. You know, I, I think there's realistic expectations that at Kansas, you know, if you just get to a bowl on, on a regular basis, uh, you know, you, you'll be extended as a head coach and you'll be celebrated as, as great teams and all that. He has built something that I think for folks in Morgantown, they're not completely satisfied with yet. But quite frankly, I, I think we'd be happy to, to move into that territory. And so in climbing up the Big 12 ladder and trying to prove that, that one day we can get back to the bowl season, maybe as soon as this year, maybe it's next year, who knows. But this is the type of program we're trying to emulate, but also move past and leapfrog. And it, it stinks to have to take on that tall order in week two on the road and the furthest game we'll travel in all year. But our guys are fired up for the challenge. And I think they recognize that even though the personnel is different on both sides, the gap has been closed. And we, we feel we've come a little bit farther than they have in the last you know seven months just based on where we were at then and where we sit today. Now's the chance to go out and prove that. And, uh, again, you know, not supposed to talk point spreads and stuff like that as I work internally at KU, even though it's now legal in Kansas, by the way. But, but you'll notice that that number has shrunk fast since it came out at the start of the week. And I think, I think there's a perception out there. I only use this as a point of reference to say the gap is narrowing, talent-wise, coaching-wise, all of that. There's a perception both from the folks in the know and the general public you know, Kansas is on the make a little bit here, and, and that's an exciting place to be because for 12 years we were very much the opposite. So let's go out there and back it up. Whether it's a win on Saturday night or not, let's be competitive all four quarters. Let's put a scare into these guys, and maybe, just maybe, we get our first ever win at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Uh, it's been a tough venue for us you know, over the years, 0-6 there. But let's see if we can, we can shock them on, uh, on Saturday night. 13 and a half is where that number is. We'll talk about it for you, Brian. And it has come down uh, a few points since it opened. So uh, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to look into that a little later in the show as we take that direction. But you can hear the game. Brian will have the call. Five o'clock pregame begins before that on KFH. He'll get you all prepared leading right up to kickoff. So make sure you tune in. Brian, we appreciate you joining us each and every week and the people that make it available to us. Yeah, thanks so much, folks. It's always great to be on with you. Big thanks to my friends at the Mattress Hub as well. I told you last week I put my money where my mouth was and actually bought a mattress from these guys. I got the purple mattress. I know in rivalry week, you know, the Kansas guy is supposed to be talking about purple, uh, as you were referencing K-State and Mizzou earlier. But I'm telling you, this has changed so much about my night's sleep and how body, my body feels refreshed and, and ready to go the next day. No more lower back pain. No more discomfort throughout the night. It's, it's a new technology for the coolest night's sleep, temperature-wise, you'll ever have. But also, as a side sleeper, great back support uh, that doesn't leave me stiff and sore as the guy in his young 40s that still plays sports more than I should. I wake up re-energized and refreshed. So check him out today at the Mattress Hub and TheMattressHub.com. They've got Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, all the top brands. But I'm digging the purple mattress, and, and it's worth checking out if you guys want to go 
uh, you know, change your complete night's sleep at the mattress hub. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful week, and uh, let's let's talk about maybe making some headlines when I come on next week, whether it's this week or next. I think the Hawks have a great chance to get one of these next two, and and a lot of folks wouldn't have thought that was even possible, you know, a few months ago. So let's go have some fun and, and have a lot to talk about these next couple of weeks. Thank you, Brian. We'll have Brian back this same time next week to look back and look ahead. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Tommy and I'll tell you what, you think, what we think about that 13-and-a-half point line. It's an interesting one, and it has moved. We'll do that as Sports Daily returns. Before we go to break, though, we want to give away uh, some tickets. We've got a pair of giveaways today. We'll start with the NHL today, coming to town on September 24th at Interest Bank Arena. Arizona Coyotes, St. Louis Blues, your chance to win a pair of tickets as Wichita hosts one of four games, first games of the NHL preseason. We'll do that for the second caller, 869-1240. Jad will hook you up. NHL Hockey in Wichita. We'll be right back with more Sports Daily after this.